All right, see, we got record pushed. We got music. We are under the tower today in August for our installment of CEO Sit Down. And I am super pleased to have Jeff Fiesel, our president and chief executive officer here. Welcome. Good afternoon, John. We have a lot cooking this summer. There's a lot going on. There's a lot. And the first thing I want to hit the ball out of the park with is there was recent um, legislation about uh, the way we treat healthcare workers, and Halifax Health has done a lot to jump into that to support healthcare workers. But before we jump into that piece, what have you seen through the years that you think really prompted this this legislation and this um, really great news for healthcare workers? Well, that's a good question. I I look back over the forty years that I've been in healthcare and. Um, it, it appears to me like the line has moved when it comes to uh, patients and family members being angry. And uh, I don't know whether it's a function of our society and the divisiveness um, or what it is, but, um, you know, it's, you, you didn't previously see uh, 30 years ago, you didn't see patients and families lashing out at health care providers. And, you know, maybe it did exist and it just... Uh, um, wasn't as accessible on social media and right. different things. Good but point. I, I can say that in our environment, though, it's, it has escalated and people think that it's it's acceptable when uh, in the past um, it wasn't viewed as being acceptable. And, and quite frankly, it's not acceptable today. So the legislature, yes, in the last legislative session passed um, new law that basically doubles all the fines when a health care provider is assaulted. And assault takes a lot of different forms, but uh, certainly physical assault and harm is uh, a cause for patients to um, be charged and prosecuted and spend time in jail, quite frankly. Bottom line is our employees do not, should not, and we will not allow them to be assaulted and abused by patients that come here for, for health care. They come here for our help. We're willing to help them. And um, there are laws in place. We have policies and procedures in place. We have flowcharts in place to protect our employees and the processes that management and leadership must follow all the way through our, our uh, legal process and having legal support available for our employees. Our employees should feel safe when they come to work, and we're going to do everything we can to protect them. And um, so the legislature is helping us, um, and we have policies to to um, support the legislation, and we encourage our team members to step forward. Some of them are reluctant because the way they're wired and made up that, yeah, it's okay because we're healthcare providers and they're stressed out. And then sometimes we, our team members, sometimes make excuses for the patients. And um, while a little bit of that's okay, that's why we have other people involved in this process to uh, uh, make sure that the team member feels supported in the uh, uh, when these events occur and we talk about what's right and what's wrong and um, how we as an organization choose to to address this and, and I think it's really important because we've had some uh, we've had some incidences in recent memory I mean very recent where people like have broken bones and things, and, and you think, wow, you know, you would think that people would be here receiving care and be grateful, but there's a whole lot that goes into it. Sometimes it's mental health, 
Sometimes it could be that they don't understand. And what always amazes me is how compassionate our caregivers are, especially I think in the emergency department and in our, um, in our units where people aren't completely, uh, I guess, in the right mind state to receive care. And, and that's amazing to me. But you're right, I think they've kind of been like, well, that just happened or this just happened and it'll be okay or it'll go away. But one thing we've talked about is um, now the, the caregiver, and I guess they've always had the right, but, but we're going to make sure they're educated thoroughly on the fact that they could press charges if someone assaults them in any way. Yeah, and that's, that's part of the process that we have. Um, we had a, a, a mental health patient recently that came and uh, attacked some of our caregivers and was taken to our mental health unit and was receiving appropriate level of care and um, had an incident there in the mental health unit, came back to the ER for medical clearance, uh, uh, assaulted another employee. And in those instances, we need to pursue our policy. We need to go ahead and press charges and uh, let the mental health professionals and the, the law enforcement process work through the process. And if a judge determines that they're not of sound mind, they didn't know what they were doing, okay. Um, but we shouldn't be making that on our own without, uh, without the help and by following the process. Um, we've got psychiatrists here, we have healthcare, uh, mental health professionals here that can help us work through those process. And that's a part of our flowchart and a part of our policy. And so, and the other thing is signage. You know, we've added signage on every unit uh, we've added some large stand-up signs because we want to educate the public that we're not going to stand for um, any type of abuse like that. And so hopefully, this may be a campaign, but in time, uh, I hope that the people realize that, you know, it's a serious thing and we're going to protect our team members. Yeah, we, we just recently put that signage up, and I've, uh, I've heard some feedback from different organizations that have excuse me, that's used that, that signage, and some people are offended by it when they come into the hospital. And I'm of the opinion, well, if you're, not, if you're not one of those people, you shouldn't be offended. If you're one of those people that are on the edge and you think you can come in and, and uh, be disrespectful and treat our staff inappropriately, uh, either through verbal abuse or physical abuse, well, you can't do that. And if you choose to do that, then we'll remove you from the organization. We'll trespass you and tell you you can't come back unless you have a true medical emergency. So, um, yeah, it certainly makes a statement. And it's unfortunate that we have to do this and that we are where we are in society. But um, it's real. It, it happens, as you've indicated. We've had team members that have broken bones. We've had team members have the hair pulled out, been scratched. Um, and that's just absolutely unacceptable. So unfortunately, we have to do this, and uh, we'll do whatever we have to do to protect our team members. And if, uh, and if anybody has any further questions, the supervisors know exactly uh, how, that, how that flow chart works. And, um, and if something does happen, um, they're prepared to escalate it and let folks know, and know really that everybody's behind them. That's, what, that's really the bottom line. Management, uh, everybody's behind them and we want to make sure that people are taken care of. Because you know what? Feeling safe is one of those things that people need to feel when they come to work every day or every night. Yeah, and we can't, we can't just allow this line to continue to move. And the sooner we draw a line in the sand and we enforce it, 
then I think these occurrences will become less and less because people will know if you, you know, you go into a healthcare environment and you abuse somebody, you're going to jail. Right, and that's that's as it should be because I, I guess you know being in the healthcare environment does not give anyone the right to take their frustrations out on anyone who's giving them care or anybody. No, we're here to help them. Yeah, and if they want our help, uh, we're certainly here. We have very very compassionate team members, um, and like I said, I'm sorry we're having to have this conversation, talk about it, um, but uh, our people are extremely compassionate and sometimes people take advantage of that. Yep, that makes sense. And as part of safety, compassion, image, and efficiency, safety is number one. So Absolutely. that's an important part of our cornerstone thing. And, and when we talk about help, you know, I was uh, really happy because I just read an article that said, you know, half the people by the time they're 75 will have some type of mental health issue, we'll call it, whether it's um, you know, substance, whether it's depression or whatever. And, you know, Mark Spivey has been carrying um, a lot of team members through texts, through phone calls, through personal meetings, because a lot of people really need a sounding board and somebody to talk to. And I'm excited because now we have an additional resource called KiraLink, which is good for a team member and their entire family. Let's talk about that need and the desire that we've heard out of Cornerstone and other places that mental health or mental well-being is something that employers have to focus on now. Yeah, first of all, let's, uh, let's take time to thank Mark for all that he's done. Um, you know, when we have crisis here in the organization, Mark is a go-to. We've got our mental health um, uh, providers from Halifax Behavioral Services as well as our adult psychiatric unit. We've got our traumatic loss program uh, professionals. We've got our chaplains that we call on when we have situations that occur. Sometimes that's a child that's been injured or, or um, maybe in an accident that affects all of our organization. But we also can't dismiss the um, day-to-day the -day challenges that all of our team members go through, as you indicated. Sometimes that may be substance abuse. It may be depression based upon life's events. And um, Mark can't, uh, can't dot all those I's and cross all those T's. And sometimes uh, team members want um, an outside resource. And we heard that last year during Cornerstone in the feedback surveys. We we talked about mental health and the fact that it is a challenge in healthcare today. It's a challenge in every different work setting. But uh, we certainly need to be on the front edge of providing solutions. And we've done that through a new third party that went live in July. Um, and that, that is CuraLink, C-U-R-A-L-I-N-C, healthcare, CuraLink Healthcare. And the program is called SupportLink and it's available to all of our employees. And it provides, geez, a, a really broad set of resources. So if, if our employee, one of our employees are, are in need of some help, somebody to talk to, um, this, is, this is free of service, and you get eight counseling sessions, and those are inpatient or via video. Um, you can do things by text, you can navigate it on the app. Um, so it, it provides someone for our team members to talk to about some of the challenges they're going through 
And like I said, it's free of charge, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days out of the year to talk about work-related pressures, depression, stress, anxiety, maybe grief that you're going through, relationship problems, substance abuse, or any other emotional concerns that you might have. And they really um, are a very diverse company. They deal with child and elder care, um, help, adoption, pet care, home repairs, education, and housing needs. Um, and uh, they've got some legal services available as well. But some of the companies that use this uh, help link slash cure link, cure link healthcare, and the product is support link. And you can find that at curalink.com, C-U-R-A-L-I-N-C.com. But some of the companies that use is Children's Hospital of Philadelphia, um, Hard Rock Casinos, Huntington Banks, uh, Southwest Airlines, Panera Bread, Kraft slash Heinz, uh, Indiana University. So, uh, you know, there's like 3,000 employers that are using this to uh, for their employees, and it's... Um, Certainly is an impressive service on paper, and uh, we'll uh, look forward to maybe getting a little feedback from our team members that have an opportunity to use the service. The great thing that I read was, you know, it's 24-7, which, you know, care is, doesn't happen on a, on a clock. It just, you know, you, you may need to talk to somebody anytime, and they say nine seconds until you can talk to um, a, a uh, um, counselor. So that's that's, that's that's pretty good. That's impressive if they can really do that. And we want to hear feedback about it, too, because anytime you start a relationship with a new company like this, but obviously they found um, that companies can't. And I was always impressed that we that we had Mark Spivey as our own personal um, therapist to help people, you know, through times. But this in, this really gives us even more. And. Now we have family members too, which I think is just great because a lot of us don't know what to do when that family member is feeling a certain way. And now if you have a, a CureLink option, at least that's an option to say, hey, do you want to talk to somebody right now? Because as good as Mark is, there's only one of him and he has to sleep sometimes. Well, yeah, and you, you bring up a good point, John. It's how many, how many healthcare providers do you get to answer the phone in nine seconds and have access to somebody to talk to, uh, first of all? But second of all, uh, one of the most frustrating things that I think people have is they don't know who to turn to. They don't know where to go. They don't know who to call. Um, so they call maybe you or I. And then it's, you know, we have to help people navigate the process. And there's not always outpatient mental health counseling readily available for uh, the normal layperson. So it, it is difficult. And uh, like I said, this looks very impressive. Um, on paper and based upon references that we've done and the research that we've done. So I look forward to, to hearing some feedback from our team members. And we'll promote it in Cornerstone as well because I think probably the most challenging piece with a, pro, with a program like this, which is why we wanted to talk about it today, is that just getting the word out to over 4,000 team members that we have it. Because a lot of times you don't realize that you need it until you need it. And if you missed that email or you missed that Pulse post or something. So we're going to have to continue to beat the drum, so to speak, to let people know it's out there. And um, I'm sure that Kim Fulcher and the rest of the HR department would love to know if you have any experiences. They do really look like they have solid, solid results. So that's an exciting piece. Yeah. And another way to contact them uh, if you don't have access to a computer is they have a one 
888-881-5462, phone number. Once again, that's 1-888-881-5462. So you can contact them by phone or online at curelink.com. And you know, a big buzzword out there right now is self-care. People keep talking about self-care, self-care. What, how would you describe self-care? What does it mean for Jeff Fiesel? Well, you have to be self-aware, first of all. You have to recognize signs of depression, uh, signs of sorrow, um, and uh, be willing to admit it to yourself and have conversations with people. I, I think the best thing you can do is whether you're talking to a therapist or whether you're talking to your brother, or your sister, or your coworker, you got to talk about things. Yeah. You, you keep things bottled up inside. You don't let people know they can't help you. And uh, so self-care is just self-awareness of uh, taking care of yourself, knowing that you've got to eat right, you've got to sleep right, you have to exercise. Um, and there's certain things, you know, there's things we know we shouldn't be doing right. as well. And sometimes those are the tough things to, uh, to stay away from. And uh, it's tougher to sleep right, eat right, and, and exercise. Exercise is a tough one. That's a tough one, yeah. man, I tell you. Got to make it a you priority. You got to do it, though. Yep. You can't get away from it. And even even if exercise is pulling the weeds in ninety five degrees. Something right. At yeah. least you're you're sweating out all those toxins. So yeah, it took me like get three move around. Three sessions to mow the grass the other day because it was so darn hot, and then I didn't want to go to the gym because you know what? That was exercise. Yeah. So that's you know yeah. that's that's the way to do it. They say if you park far away and you walk and do the steps you can make a huge difference so yeah i think self-care is really important and you know i think you are right observing what's happening around you and the other thing that kind of comes to mind is a lot of time on the engagement surveys which we're going to be doing fairly soon it says do you have a best friend at work and um, when i look around the different units it does seem like a lot of people have good friends here and i think that probably helps quite a bit because to your point you have to be able to talk about it with people. Yeah, and I, and I agree. It's important that we all be there for one another. One of the, this morning we had orientation, and uh, it's always nice to hear people that came back, um, the rehires as we refer to them, um, and you ask them why they left, and you ask them why they came back, and, and so many of them say, you know, um, I left for this reason, I came back because of the people of Halifax and the family environment. So um, that makes me smile, and demonstrates that um, our team members watch out for one another, so we, uh, we need to communicate with them. I was thinking about the other day um, how reactionary it is to be in the emergency department, and it's like every time a patient comes in, they have a team-building exper experience. You know, people will go out on rope courses and see if they'll catch you and who's going to be the leader and all those things, but when you look at healthcare, every every encounter is like a team-building experience. And I think that's that's pretty cool, and it shows by the you know the relationships people develop from being here. It is, and they uh, they break it down, and uh, you know they know whether they've succeeded or failed, and they talk about the opportunities to do it better the next time. And uh, um, yeah, it, it can be stressful. It is stressful, but uh, you know that's how these individuals are wired, and uh, um, it's part of what we're proud of. Big part of what Absolutely. So, um, speaking of relationships, 
you know, there's a couple things that when I first came to this organization about 10 years ago, you said, and one was you said that uh, you wanted to create the healthcare system that you would need someday. And boy, does that resonate with all of our friends and us personally and our family members. So I, I get that. We want health care for ourselves and our loved ones, no doubt. Yes, we do. And um, we should not have to leave our community to get it. And that, that should be the standard. That should be the bar that we set for ourselves is that we can look at any of our team members, any of our family members, um, our mother, our father, our kids, bring them here to Halifax Health and say, I know you're going to get the best care you can possibly get right here. And um, as a matter of fact, last week I had an opportunity with one of our community partners who happened to experience a health event. And uh, when they were here after they had their procedure, and it was, you know, it was a cardiac event, I said, uh, you know, we didn't have to test the product to determine that we were producing good uh, healthcare providers here. Um, but uh, that's what, it, what the, the patient chose to do, I guess. And uh, um, our team was here. And um, we've done a good job. I have a tremendous amount of confidence in our, our nurses, our respiratory therapists, our pharmacists, our doctors. And, um, you know, yeah, as we get older, I've already begun to sample the product. And uh, um, with a couple of I'll call minor surgeries, if you can call a surgery minor surgery. And um, that is the, that's the standard we need to hold ourselves to. And whether it's brain surgery, whether it's cancer care, whether it's emergency care, whether it's primary care, um, we need to, to continue be at, being at the highest, highest level of quality that, that you can find anywhere. Which brings me to the next thing you said, which is, if we can't do it the absolute best, we will partner with the best. And that makes a lot of sense for what you just said because we shouldn't have to leave our community. No, we, um, you know, we we've had a lot of successful partnerships, and uh, you know, years ago, our predecessors partnered with the University of South Florida to have an affiliation with the medical school, and we have our family medicine residency program. It's a, it is an independent community-based program, but you have to have an affiliation with an academic medical center. So it started years and years ago. And we have continued that path when, when we opened up uh, and our community needed a comprehensive center for inpatient rehab. Um, we looked to our partners at Brooks to uh, come and help us manage that. That relationship evolved into a 50-50 joint venture partnership and has grown into what it is today. That's the Halifax Health Brooks Center for Inpatient rehabilitation and it's grown into the outpatient arena as well. We've got a relationship with Florida State University College of Medicine uh, for to teach third and fourth year medical students to become doctors. We've got our partnership with Daytona State College, Bethune-Cookman College, University of Central Florida, Kaiser University, Rasmussen, Daytona College for nurses. Um, you know, Daytona State College is producing anywhere from 120 to 150 nurses twice a year. We've got our University of Florida partnership. Every one of them has, has brought a higher level of care to our community. We now have um, like 58 physicians that we've hired in partnership with the University of Florida. 
about half of those are anesthesiologists, but the rest of them are specialists like neurosurgeons, plastic surgeons, um, trauma, acute care, general surgeons. We've got endocrinologists. We've got urologists. Um, there's like 14 different specialties, 14 to 15 different As a matter of fact, you just did a TV commercial about that. I did, yeah. And, and you know, that's the big change. So when I got here 10 years, you've been here 22 years, right? I've been here 23 years. 23 years. I'm only 10 years. But when I got here, we were a hospital. And now you brought up a really good point in a meeting. People are coming here because we're a hospital and because we have these physicians we have. And we have to be thinking that way because the business has really changed. Well, we're, we're a major medical center, and uh, having these relationships with the University of Florida has helped us fill the pipeline of people like vascular surgery. I didn't mention vascular surgery, but you know, we had some really good vascular surgeons in town, and they retired, and we have to have plans to replace them. And having Dr. Fieser and Dr. Katavid and Dr. Yacoub here in the community, you know, they are amazing vascular surgeons and patients are coming not only from our community but from outside of our community to yeah. see our vascular surgeons unbelievable and uh, you know that's that's what we that's what we need to help continue to grow our services so partnerships are important um, what what is the you know we need to make sure that everybody understands the the priority and the goal and the goal is for people to receive the highest level of care that they can right here in our community. So nobody has to go to Gainesville, nobody has to go to Jacksonville, to Mayo, nobody has to go to Orlando. They can get the, uh, the highest level of care right here in our and, community. And we're growing, right? We're yeah. growing on the France in the France Tower. Well, tell us what's happening there. Yeah, well, everybody wants to be in the France Tower. <laughs> and when I say everybody, patients. And you know, that's one of the things that I hear from, from people. Um, even though they, they say, you know, I've got, got great care, the people are great, um, but I'm in this older part of the building. And uh, so, yes, we have uh, made the commitment to spend about $25 million. Wow. And we're building out the eighth floor of the France Tower. Uh, the eighth, ninth, and tenth floors have been vacant, uh, shelled in for just this reason, for future expansion. So we will be moving the intensive medical care unit from the fifth floor of the Fountain Tower to the eighth floor of the France Tower. And we should be complete with that construction and have that unit open on August, or I'm sorry, October 1st, 10-1 of this year. Um, it should be finished out and ready to go. That'll be amazing. It will. And I have 36 um, beds to our unit. We, I think we have 29 or 32 in the existing unit. So it's going to add some um, add some beds. Um, it's also going to add some steps for our, our nurses and doctors up there because the existing unit is probably half as long of the maybe maybe less than that. Um, it's not as the, the existing unit is not as long as the floors on the in the France Tower. So we'll see how uh, our team members adjust and adapt to that. And so the patients who will go there will be. Um, uh, why will they be there? Well, they're, they're, they are intensive level of care. Some of them are stroke patients, so you'll see some neuro, uh, neurological patients there. You'll see some, some patients with, uh, um, that 
may need to be ventilated. Um, but they, they haven't had a surgical procedure, but they have uh, significant medical conditions, um, probably being cared for by an internal medicine doctor. Um, you know, our cardiology patients typically will go to uh, uh, CPCU. Our intensive surgical patients go to ISC, and our intensive medical patients um, will go to IMC, the eighth floor. And then what happens, I've heard something's going to happen along the partnerships line with 7, 7 East. Yeah, 7 East in the Fountain Tower, um, which is now overflow uh, for our med surge patients. And they've done a great job here this past year uh, with allowing us to flex. Um, and we'll be using IMC to flex in the future. We'll be using half of 70s to flex in the future, but the other half we will be renovating and expanding our Center for Inpatient Rehabilitation. So currently our Center for, in, uh, the Halifax Health Brooks Center for Inpatient Rehabilitation is on the eighth and ninth floor of the Fountain Tower. So we'll be coming down to the seventh floor and renovating half of that floor to add 12 beds to our Center for Inpatient Rehab. Which I know the board has wanted to do for like three years. They've been wanting to grow, wanting to grow, and I think the timing is just right with the way um, with the way everything's happening in Volusia County. I think it will be full right away. Yeah, the, the growth of the population is certainly driving that. The age of the population, uh, unfortunately, with aging, uh, we're seeing more strokes, we're seeing more falls, so um, those two modalities go a long ways in needing rehabil physical rehabilitation, and uh, so we, we've got to try to stay out in front of the demand, and um, thus we're going to add 12 beds. We currently have 40 beds, so this will put us at about 52 beds and um, we'll have room for future expansion. And the great thing about that, um, that unit is there's no other unit like it in the area. And that team has, if I'm not mistaken, 97, 96% uh, satisfaction levels. They very, really do yeah, a great job. Very high satisfaction levels. Great job. Um, and good outcomes, that's the important part. Right. The patients leave here and uh, they've uh, exceeded their expectations. Um, but yes, it's a very much needed service. It's the only comprehensive, uh, I call it CARF, certification accreditation of uh, uh, rehabilitation facilities. And uh, I'm, that may or may not be the, what CARF stands for, but it's, you know, it's the only certified highest level right. rehab facility in the area. Which is just great. Yep. So um, there's one more thing I kind of wanted to hit on, and that is Deltona. We're doing a little bit of what I call a reboot. Ben Eby's out there. He's doing a, a, a great job as administrator, I think. He's having some good success meeting with, um, meeting with um, the emergency uh, folks in Deltona and trying to pull some different levers. But one thing I want to come back to, this is the third quote, and that is that everybody here is responsible to market our organization. Absolutely. We all need to take it upon ourselves to make people aware of the fact that, first of all, Halifax Health, UF Health, uh, Deltona Medical Center exists. It's there today. We have an emergency room. We have a beautiful operating room. Um, we have med surge beds. We have critical care beds. 
interventional radiologists go out there, so we're doing imaging studies there. Uh, we have uh, a, a fairly robust set of services there. And, um, you know, our whole idea in going, our whole vision, if you will, in going to Deltona is that there are no specialists on the west side of the county. People have to leave the west side of the county to, to get health care. And, um, you know, in partnership with UF, we can build and we can bring, we can grow that facility to be a comprehensive medical center similar to Daytona. Is it going to look like Daytona? Not exactly, no. But I think we can grow that facility into a three to 400-bed hospital with cardiologists, with uh, cardiothoracic surgeons, with neurosurgeons, with vascular surgeons, with urologists, with OB docs, with mental health care or mental health providers out there to care for the West Volusia community. And I think this is a, a goal that's within five to 10 years reach. But we need people to be aware of it. Um, we need people to use the facility. We need people to help, to trust us that uh, we're going to bring the specialists there because no one else is going to do it. Right. It, no They've one else has that. done it to date, and that's why the city of Deltona asked us to come out there. And uh, we need more ambulance drop-offs there. Uh, we need more people walking in. We need uh, a few more specialists there. We're recruiting more specialists every day. And um, to your point, Ben Eby has now been um, assigned there. We've hired Victor Ramos. Victor's going to help us. Started um, today. Yeah, Victor was in orientation this morning. Excellent. So he's going to help us reach community leaders. Uh, he and Ben are going to go out and, and reach out to physicians um, and, um, you know, paint the, paint the vision and, and uh, gain the cooperation of the local medical community as well as business community. And to your point, you know, we opened that hospital in February 2020, right at the peak of COVID. So we're hitting the reset button and uh, uh, putting our foot on the gas. And so what, as a Halifax Health team member, as a Halifax Health UF Health team member, what is it that you think that we can do to convey? What's the message that you give us to deliver to other people so that we can continue to build the awareness for that, that medical center? The team is the same, you know, it is uh, uh, Halifax Health, UF Health Center for uh, Medical Center of Deltona, but the medical staff or, you know, many of the same doctors are here in Daytona. Um, whether you're an emergency room doctor, um, whether you're a vascular surgeon, uh, we've got a couple of different general surgeons over there. Uh, Dr. Hayden, an orthopedic surgeon, is over there. He's here on the, the east side as well, but his primary, he's there 80% of the time. And uh, so the medical staff is a medical staff. The credentialing process is the same, and, and uh, our intention is to build the same uh, level of service or close to the same level of service that we have here in this tertiary care facility that we function in here in Daytona. Are we going to have a trauma center over there? Probably not in the next five years, but possibly in 10 years. Yeah, I mean, there are 90,000 people in Deltona. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Now, I know I'll be quoted as saying we're going to put a trauma center in West Volusia. <laughs> Lindsay, you'll say, but, yeah. Uh, I think we need to leave open the possibility, uh, as well as labor and delivery, uh, mental health services. Um, you know, we're providing those services to, uh, to residents from West Volusia. We're just doing it on the east side of the county today. 
and as the community grows and, and the trust level grows, I, I think that um, it, it's possible we could have those services out there and like I said, five to ten years. And, you know, we're preparing a, 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 a PowerPoint for the West Volusia Hospital Authority, and the um, infection rates and everything, the outcomes there are, are, are great, I mean, compared to um, other hospitals. So I think the quality is there. And if I'm not mistaken, it was maybe 20 minutes from the emergency room door to... Um, it may be nine. I can't remember which one it is, but it's fast. It's yeah, it fast. I mean, that's so that's kind of, I think, you know, you're not that far from Deltona when you're anywhere in the outskirts on the west side of Daytona. And um, uh, Dr. Horowitz, I know, in the emergency room, he's really taken it under his wing, as um, Dr. Terwilliger has with Port Orange, and they just seem to be doing a great job really great job we just need more people to know about the place and trust the place and so that's really what we're asking i think our team members to do is to realize that you will get the same care from the same people and types of people at any of our three hospitals yeah the standard is the same occasionally we may have uh, a transfer take place due to um, the availability of a specialist or technology, but our, our hope and plan is that uh, someday very soon that won't have to take place and we can take care of people from West Volusia on the west side of the county for all modalities and all uh, everything that they may have go wrong in their life. So, And the more it gets used, the sooner we get more specialties. Yep. That's how Absolutely. it works. And that's the message we have to deliver as well. So this kind of concludes our, our, our time, but is there anything that's like on your mind today that you want to share with the team members? Well, um, yes, you know, staffing is getting better. We're every, every week we take another step in the right direction of, uh, you know, kind of right-sizing, getting our team members back. Uh, several of our team members came back after traveling uh, for a while.